Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Happy Monday. Yeah. The Monday after Christmas, back into a somewhat of a short work week yeah, with uh, New Year's coming later this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how much work I'm going to do this week. I usually would take this week entirely off. It's like one of my like happy times, like be with the family, just like do nothing for days at between Christmas and New Year's and just veg and hang out. And, but like nobody's here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Um, it's a little different this year, huh? Yeah. It doesn't feel quite as luxurious or fun. So it's, my mom was like, are you going to do work this week? And I was like, I think so, because otherwise what am, else am I going to do? <laughs> right. Right. But at the same time, I kind of I do want to like do it, have it be kind of restful and that's still sort of valuable. So I think I'm going to do kind of like the fun work, ideally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're doing a retreat next week just the co-founders and i uh and to do planning for next year and so i want to spend like some time doing reflection and coming up with my my things that i would like to do next year right yeah yeah i wasn't really sure what i was going to do on holiday time this year because yeah it's so it's so different to begin with so i was like i don't know maybe i'll just kind of take this advantage of (laughs) of like the time where everyone else is kind of off and like slip in some work I kind of like stealing away sometimes and getting work done when I know everyone else is taking time off, you know. But I also know that there's a lot of value in allowing allowing oneself to take time off and decompress and, you know, come back reinvigorated. So I managed to get some of that in for sure. I like didn't didn't touch code for the last four days, which felt good. I felt like I got to a good stopping point on some various things that I was wrapping up. And then I do kind of have like a list of stuff I need to get done talk about it more in this episode but like some things that we're planning for some marketing pushes in the beginning of the year and so i have some tasks ahead uh to to get done before that so cool at least tackle those this week you know yeah i'm hoping to focus on kind of like the the slightly more fun stuff like it's it's work and it's useful but it's it's kind of interesting things or yeah stimulating things Mm -hmm. speaking of that because we are still looking for a product designer i've been doing more and more like product management stuff and just because we, we have these things we want to ship and so someone has to think about them and so joel and i did a session and we like did that sort of clipboard stuff we discussed last week and wrote up a design doc and that was really satisfying and i'm doing another one now uh, i've been talking to customers about what do you do when one person has a 49 inch widescreen monitor and the other person is on a 13 inch macbook air mm, that's a tricky one yeah so we're gonna try to solve that problem but it's been it's been really fun to like I talked with a couple of customers last week. We chatted about this problem, but also like about Tuple in general and what they're doing. And it was just like really, it was so gratifying and fun. I used to talk to customers more, especially in the early days. People say really nice things and like it's 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 nice to get the feedback positive and negative. And it was just, it was, I felt it very invigorating. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fulfilling work. That's fun. I especially love it when you can talk to a customer and you know that like your product is already doing a really good job for them but if they do have something that they want improved and you know that you're like not that far off from it that's when it's really gratifying when it feels like you've already been moving in the right direction they're like you know what if it could just do this one thing that'd be amazing and if you're like oh that's actually like feasible that i could do that in the in the near term um totally so good you know yeah it's exciting um yeah and then like I, i have that this thing we've discussed in the past which is like i tend to get a little bit focused on our shortcomings but people perceive the product as a whole better than i do i guess and so they're like oh i I love this and this and this i'm like oh yeah i have like taken all that for granted 
and so it's it kind of gives me a, a slightly better perspective on like where we're at and what we're doing well and, and, not, and not well and gives me a more balanced view i think yep yep so that's like it's like oh yeah okay yeah that's, that's good i feel good now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. so that's been very that's been fun i, I want to do more of that actually so when you do end up finding this um this kind of product leader product manager type type person do you feel like you'll be handing over most of that responsibility or will you be pretty involved with that person at least for a while on like shaping features and, and figuring stuff out do you feel like it's going to be really collaborative um, with you involved in that or? i think so yeah 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 i i don't really want to give it up fully and i think i have a lot to add there so i think we'll probably work pretty closely together my ideal is basically that we've written down and decided that it is someone's job to be responsible for this thing but i intend to contribute to that thing too yeah yeah that's kind of how my dynamic feels with Corey right now on marketing stuff and like still a major help he's he's doing you know so many things that would take me hours to do and he's doing a lot of the things better than i would do but it's fun to like have input on parts that you know it's like oh i feel like i have a good sense of what what should go right here on this piece of the website and you know, a lot of times he's like, oh, that's that's great, you know, and so like, I feel like I can still contribute, but it's this kind of healthy, like working together kind of dynamic that feels really good. That's awesome. Yeah. It sounds like you have, uh, you're, you're glad you did that. Yeah. Somebody yeah. On. Very much so. Yeah. I have this thing where it's like, I feel like it's when you're doing, so like we have slightly different markets, I think, um, but like marketing for developers to me feels like it's kind of a special skill where it's like, yeah, it is marketing in the sense that it's still, you know, you're still trying to get yourself in front of people, but it feels like there's like a little bit more natural resistance to it. You have to be like a little bit more savvy about it, perhaps. Um, and so like I have not quite a mental block, but I have this, th- or like I guess I just have this like higher bar in my head for like if we were going to hire a marketing person, I almost would like want them to be a developer, I think, themselves or like a, like a maybe like dev evangelist is kind of the right thing or like like maybe marketing for us is like making content for programmers. I feel like it's kind of the the gist of it. I think that's a good realization. Like, I don't know. And I think most companies that are really good at marketing, like this is a this is a very common example, but like Basecamp, right? Like they claim to never actually do marketing in the traditional sense of what a lot of us think of as marketing. And yet they're they're master marketers, like in the way that they they um put things out in the world and generate interest in the things that they're working on and so that's like been a something i've been trying to remind myself like yeah there's the there's the playbooks that we all hear about know about there's content marketing there's seo there's these things that fit into these nice little buckets of like best practices type of stuff but then there's the things that are just like totally unique and you don't even you wouldn't even necessarily realize it's marketing but it's but it's achieving the same goal as traditional marketing but it just you know speaks speaks well to your particular market there's so much noise in the traditional quote unquote traditional channels. Like I, I definitely don't want to get on a content production treadmill, for example, and just like be putting out three blog posts a week and expect that to necessarily work. You know, it's like, I feel like totally. Um, right. So, or like we should, yeah. we should just host webinars once a month. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you and you and 5,000 other companies, you know? So we'll see. So I have some results to share on the annual offer that we did. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we basically sent out an email saying, hey, if you want, you can upgrade to an annual plan. We'll give you two months free, charge you for 10 months, that kind of thing. Uh, and like basically a one-click uh, uh, button to do it. The conversion rate for us was about 4% so far. 
um, which is actually a touch lower than I was expecting. Tuple is like kind of expensive. So it's, you know, we are talking like hundreds or thousands of dollars. So it's still like meaningful. You can still see it in the revenue chart. It was like a, we had a couple of good days. It was like, ooh, wow, that's kind of a nice, uh, nice number. But uptake was not super high, although it is kind of still trickling in. So I'm not sure where it'll, it'll end up finally. Uh, and we only did send one email and it also is not quite the end of the year yet. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see more, more coming in. But honestly, in terms of like how much work it took and the fact that, which was not very much, we were pointed towards this like seemingly new-ish, beta-ish, not fully supported Stripe feature, which le- is letting us do uh, quarterly true-ups, by the way. There's like this like invoice frequency thing. Uh, I forget the exact name, but there's like a, basically a setting you can put on subscriptions and say like, okay, every three months charge for any pending invoice items that are out there you can tell it's kind of new or like not super widely used because like you can't see it that this setting is set on like the dashboard in the web ui and things um so it's not like super widely it doesn't seem like super well supported yet but anyway it does what we want it to do and so we kind of figured out a way around the like well if you move to annual and then you add people throughout the year when do we bill you for those people right right yeah do you feel like quarterly is just a in reality, like a best practice or something you've encountered when when talking to people? Like, is that, where, where did that cadence come from, I guess? So I wanted to true up during the year so we didn't have to wait a whole year to bill you for the people that you added. And I wanted to not do it monthly because part of the value, I think, is, is having fewer invoices to deal with. And quarterly felt about right. And I ran it by a few people who said they were interested in annual billing and people were said, yeah, that seems seems okay. It may be that that's not quite the right frequency and that like maybe our our uh, uptake would be higher if we had a different one but no one pushed back and was like oh i'd rather do it this often so seems good enough yeah i i've been thinking about what mine is going to be so far i haven't had expansion on any of my annual plans yet so i'm kind of kicking the can down the road a little bit but i was thinking i mean mine is a little bit lower price point than than tuple and at least right now teams are tending to be like okay i'm just the found one founder and then i invited my co-founder to start using it so like it's it's not like huge swings so i'm i'm thinking i might do monthly at this point like within 30 days of any changes and assuming that things remain mostly flat on expansion throughout the year you know when once a team decides to onboard their team then assuming that they're not growing a ton all the time then they should still not have many invoices throughout the year you know mm-hmm. so i don't know yeah that is nice. It's, it's kind of clean. You have like less hanging around, yeah. I guess. Yeah. You're kind of trued up frequently. Right. Um, yeah. We'll we'll see. I'm curious how the how the quarterly will feel as we as we do it. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends on how your metrics are tracked. Like that'll still count towards your MRR. So if you're like tracking, you know, those kind of SaaS metrics, like it'll be booked there. I'm assuming, but. It just man, I have no idea. Wise, it'll be it'll be delayed. Yeah, that's such a tricky thing, right? I saw you talking about this, like the the difference between their metrics and Stripe's metrics, and pretty interesting how there's not like a one true right answer. I guess, although I would think that Stripe would have the the best answer because they're in the business of running this billing engine for people. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think reasonable people can disagree about how to calculate various things. Yeah, yeah, like what to do about discounts and what to do about Right, like that's the big difference, right? Is how coupons and discounts are. That's are a big thing. Yeah, exactly. Any yeah. non-forever coupons in Stripe are basically ignored in calculating your MRR because they think of MRR as like a forward-looking metric 
So it's like going forward, someday that will be full revenue is kind of, I guess, the, the logic there. That choice actually feels the least correct to me of how they calculate MRR. Like it, it doesn't match my mental model. It's a defensible position, I guess, you know, like with this thing we're doing like with these quarterly true ups, it's like, okay, we know we're going to bill for this thing in three months. Do we bump the MRR now? Do we bump it when you charge for it? It's, it's tricky. Yeah. It's tricky even calling like an annual subscription part of monthly recurring because it's on a different, it's on a different loop now. And similarly, a lot of people like to talk about their ARR when they just have MRR and it's like, well, that's not, MRR is not annual recurring either. So. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And there's sort of like this, there's a divide between like, there's this sort of like notional monthly recurring revenue number that you can sort of put together. It doesn't match what your net revenue is going to be in a month though, for a bunch of reasons. And so I think that's kind of where Stripe was like, okay, well, like, yes, if you have a discount on a thing, the net revenue is not the same as the MRR, but we've already, that's already true. MRR is already this kind of sort of fictional-ish. It's an accounting type of metric. You know, a lot of things in accounting don't fully align either if you start taking into account like payables, receivables, like assets, depreciation, like it feels kind of in the vein, in that vein where like, well, what is depreciation in the accounting sense? Well, it's like a, a technical way to shift around um, how assets degrade over time or whatever, but like it doesn't actually mean, doesn't actually relate to the money in the bank, you know? So, yes, exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know how, we'll, we'll see how the various metrics providers we use uh, mm-hmm. account for this. Well, I like ProfitWell because they uh, they always show me a higher rep MRR number than Stripe does. <laughs> I think it's because I think they keep, um, which this is probably actually not, it's probably slightly inflated. I think what they do when someone cancels, the MRR stays in your MRR account until the, the actual churn happens. So if they're active towards end of period, it stays in the number until that mm-hmm. officially cancels. And I think Stripe removes it right away. Mm-hmm. So that would make sense. You know. So if at any given time I have like two customers churning who that will churn in the next 30 days, they stay in my MRR number in ProfitWell, but not in uh, Stripe. So. <laughs> yes. Well, the, the correct number is definitely whichever is higher. That, that <laughs> yeah, I, I that's what I go want. with, you know? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> whoever, whoever gives me the best news is my preferred provider. Yes. Yes. So the other day I tweeted about asking if people would be interested in a paid support group to develop a habit of like... 10 minutes of meditation a day and 10 minutes of mobility work in the in the evenings. And I got a bunch of DMs from that message. And I started responding and talking to people and was kind of doing like a little bit of customer development and like plotting out how I would do this and all this. And like, I like stopped. I basically was like doing a little side hustle thing for fun. And then I like sort of stopped and was like, okay, if I get this many people at like what I think sounds like a reasonable price point, that's going to be this many dollars. And then I'm like committed for the month to do this thing. And I was like, I don't know if this is worth it. And I'm in sort of this weird position and it's a great position. And like, I'm just going to say this, even though it's like sounds kind of ridiculous, but it's like Tuple is doing really well. And so it's harder for me to get excited about other little things. I'm sensitive to this idea sounding like overly uh, privileged or something, but it's like I do have this conflict or I have this tendency where like I like to do new things. I like to, and I also like learn from starting side projects and like a, a lot of, I think a lot of the knowledge that I have for Tuple is because of the other things I've started. So I, I kind of want to continue that habit because it's like an experiment. Like it's, it's like a uh, testing ground. I can try new things and I can test new things. 
Uh, but at the same time, I sort of like the entrepreneur person in me or something or the, the money person in me is like, well, like, what's the potential revenue here? And then it's like, okay, it's, it's, not, it's sort of not interesting uh, from that perspective. Well, so my question is, I, I totally understand, you know, that feeling. And I wonder if it would be possible for you to put a different success metric on it than revenue. Would that trick your brain into thinking of it as like, this is not, if I compare this to tuple, it's going to always lose in my mind and feel like, nah, not that interesting. But I mean, it, there's other benefits to that. You're, you're building, you know, helping other people, building this building community, um, you know, whatever else, whatever other intangibles you're getting out of it. So can you put some KPIs on that to motivate your, you know? <laughs> so I, I had that same thought, which is like, okay, if it's maybe don't do it for the revenue, and so it's like, okay, well, do I want to do it for free? Like, would that help kind of mentally? Like if I was just like, because, so here, here's how it started. I was like, I wish I were meditating and mobilizing every day. I should get a support group going. Oh, that could be a fun business. Oh, what would that look like? And then I kind of went down the like, how do you turn this into a paid product? Because, you know, that's what I do. But then I was like, okay, well, I, I don't think I, if the revenue is not interesting, but maybe I still want to do this thing what does it look like? And it's like, okay, well, maybe I, maybe I charge for it anyway, but that's not the, actually the point. Maybe that's just there to like make sure people are serious. But then I've sort of committed to like providing a certain level of service to people. And like what I really want, what I really want is for me to meditate and stretch every day. <laughs> and instead, you've created yourself another little small business where you a have part-time responsibilities. Job. <laughs> yeah. 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 Where I make sure that other people meditate and stretch every day. Right. And it's like, well, that's not actually what I wanted. <laughs> the point I ended up on it was like this just question mark was just this question in my head that I still don't have an answer to but I feel like it's kind of interesting which is like how do you buy a new habit like why can't I put dollars into something and like apt get install brew install meditate every day and like make that happen and I think there's ways to like piecemeal these like I think this is like there's probably answers for like any given thing I'm sure this is like some like fun VC backed startup thing of like, we're going to teach everyone to do habits and like install them in people's brains and whatnot. Anyway. So yeah, I, this is all not fully formed, but this is a thing that I've been thinking about. Mm -hmm. That just got me thinking you're talking about brains as we often do. Have you caught the um, Jerry Seinfeld, Tim Ferriss uh, podcast episode? I think it dropped just recently. Not, no, not yet. It's on my, it's on my list though. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people recommend it and I, I listened to it yesterday. And um, I mean, one, Jerry Seinfeld is just like a very process oriented person, executor of his craft, you know, which I've known this for a while, like just from hearing other interviews and stuff. It's a fun listen because I didn't realize quite how systematized he was. And one of his theories is that like, there's a difference between the mind and the brain. The brain is a really dumb thing it's like training a dog it's like this this stupid thing you you give it the right incentives and it does what you want it to do and the mind of course is a different concept it's the you know what makes humans humans and we have all this like wisdom and reflection and all the higher order thinking but brains themselves he's like don't confuse the mind and the brain the brain is a really dumb trainable thing <laughs> and so which is effectively what you're trying to do right now you're like trying to just if you can just convince your brain to do something uh build a habit then it benefits the mind, but hmm. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't know, like part of me still wants to kind of do some sort of thing. And it was interesting to see how many people wanted this based off of like one quick tweet, got a lot of like interest. So I think other people want this thing. 
maybe someone else should shepherd it and you should just be a part of it. So know? yeah, so that was another thing I thought is like, so I have a like a CEO crush on Andrew Wilkinson mm-hmm. um, who runs <laughs> uh, Tiny Capital. Yeah. And like they own like Dribble, like they, I think they own like 30 different businesses or something. And he's kind of like a pretty extreme delegator example where he'll be like, you know, get a thing go and hire a CEO. And I was like, what if I did that? Like, what if instead of looking at this and saying, I don't really have time, I should focus on my main thing. I instead say, this is a need. I'm going to get it rolling, figure out the things and then bring in somebody to run it. And I was like, that sounds interesting. That's like, because that's like a, that'd be a very new way for me to think about a thing. And talking of like practicing stuff for Tuple, this is kind of the, the stage where I'm now in, I think, at Tuple as well, which is like, get a thing going, bring in someone to run it, scale, the, scale it up. Um, so it might, that might be like the right kind of practice that like really gives me like kind of quick, quick knowledge that I can bring back to my main thing. And what, what about doing practicing on something small like this is, is it just easier because it's simpler? There's less moving parts than actually just trying, I mean, than trying to proactively delegate at tuple itself, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, everything's easier when it's small, I guess, or like, or, or like, if everything feels easier, I should say, because this is like an idea in an, the idea phase. It still feels like a everything's simple, and I don't see the the hard parts, and clearly everything will work, and it'll be great. But yes, I'm I'm good at fooling myself that way. Right in reality, I could see you, you know, wasting you know forty hours of valuable time in the in January trying to figure out how to like. <laughs> install somebody to run this thing and you might look back and be like what the hell am i doing <laughs> yeah Using my time in this way uh, yeah maybe right and really i just wanted to meditate this morning so could <laughs> yeah. this could be the ultimate over engineering of just trying to develop a new habit <laughs> yes exactly maybe i need just need to like reread atomic habits and then do that and like focus on my main business i go back and forth we'll see yeah I mean, it's, I think there's, there's no problem with having, and I think of it like hobbies, side projects, those types of things are valuable because you can't be working on your main thing all the time. Like you do need time away from it. And if it happens to be a revenue generating entity, I think that's, you know, that's fine. As long as it doesn't, as long as you can trick yourself into still feeling good about it and not just comparing it to your main thing. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Exactly. But also, like, I don't want other people to think I don't care about the main thing. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, that's my another thing. Mm-hmm. Perception, I guess. Hmm. Hmm. Tricky. Anyway, uh, what's going on with you? Anything on your mind? Um, yeah. So something I do want to talk about. So we're planning to do a product hunt launch. I haven't officially launched Savvy Cal on product hunt. So it's been kind of on the list for a while to just, like, it's something that I should definitely do. I don't, and I don't have like super high expectations that it's going to drive a lot of like very, um, you know, high converting traffic, but it should send a nice, you know, a nice bump in awareness in the community. And, um, it feels like the time is good for this because the product is a bit more mature than when I initially launched. And we have, you know, some good competitor comparison pages so people can get a good sense of how it, how it differs from other offerings on the market. I anticipated that being like a big, a common question of like, well, how is this different than Calendly? You know, so I feel like we have a really good uh, answer to that now. And, and the product is really kind of coming into its own and has its own identity as like this, this kind of power user scheduling tool. And so planning to do that on, on January 7th. But one thing that I've been wanting to revisit for a while is the, 
the scarcity aspect of of usernames and this is something that i was able to build a good launch list for level with this too like reserve your username because it's it is a scarce resource something that we're planning to do this week it's like kind of a weird week because new year's is is um you know end of the week and so i don't know some people are still off of work but planning to do like a little a little marketing push to just encourage folks to to go ahead and like secure your username on savvy cal before we do this kind of big product hunt launch and you know potentially get hundreds and of new signups so i wanted to announce that here you know uh for podcast listeners if you haven't gotten your savvy cal account yet like you can create a free account and i think we'll put some kind of like minimum guarantee of like at least 60 days your username will be reserved i don't want to promise that people will be allowed to squat on usernames in perpetuity but you know for at least a while um so you can you can you know just create your free account and and get in the get in the ecosystem. And, and this is a real risk, by the way, because I didn't sign up for Savvy Cal early enough, and I did not get <laughs> slash Ben. <laughs> yeah, you know what happened on that too. I um, so I screwed this up now twice because that on level like someone else reserved Ben before you. So I had I had set it aside, but stupid me, I like had it in an array somewhere in like this list of like usernames that people can't reserve. And what I didn't do is check, like when checking people's input against that list, I didn't like normalize casing. So someone like signed up with the capital B Ben, and it was like not precisely in that array. And so they were, <laughs> so they were allowed to use it. Wow. I have, all right. So first of all, I'm honored that I was in your array. Yes, you were I in my array. appreciate that. Yes. I'm horrified that someone would ask for a URL with a capital B in it. <laughs> and i feel like that alone should disqualify this person from being able to have it yeah i'm guessing what happened is they attempted lowercase b because they're not a psychopath and uh oh, and then it likes you and then and then they're like well let's just try let's see if they're case sensitive and i'm sure they were like concerned when capital b worked <laughs> as they should have been <laughs> you got what do they call that like input something you got you got hacked. Yeah, bro. you I hacked know. the mainframe. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, is is this person still paying? By the way, uh, I believe so. Actually, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see who churns first. <laughs> Other <laughs> Ben, capital B, psychopath. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, I'll uh, as soon as it's a, if it becomes available, um, I'll let you. Yeah. Know. Yeah. I'm, I'm using capital B. I feel like when I upgraded to annual, I should have been able to, uh, to push steal? him out of that. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So you, should, you should send it like generate a map. Hey, someone has offered to upgrade to annual and we'll be pushing you off this domain name unless you, <laughs> uh, unless you upgrade as well. You just set up like a little like bidding, like a little, um, you know, trading forum. For, like, that's right. Oh, you've been outbid. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Why aren't there more auctions in the world? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. so anyway reserve your username you know yeah. before product yeah. hunt that's the message here um don't be don't be lowercase b ben um and get your get your names oh i want to do want to report on my my annual i did an annual push um similar to you and uh cory had this idea i was gonna code up like on the billing page a like a one click upgrade to annual button and so I was originally like, oh, that shouldn't be too hard, but it was going to be like a couple hours of work. And so being being scrappy, um, we decided to instead just say, like, if you want to upgrade, just just hit reply and let me know and I'll do it for you. And I think that actually like 
that's even more convenient than having someone click through to an interface in some sense. Like it's like, oh, all you have to you're right there in the context of your inbox, so just reply and and you know, you don't even have to do anything. Um, yeah. The so we were gonna do that as well. And then the reason we decided to so we had two reasons for doing it. One was having built that page, we can now send people to it in the future, which is nice. And then also I really wanted people to know how much they were going to get charged. Like before they said, I'm interested. Because that's always the first, that would be, that's of course your first question, right? And we have like a bunch of users with like different numbers of users, like, like teams vary in size a lot. So you, you, we wanted to be able to give, and like also you might have random discounts applied to your subscription already if you are part of a certain cohort or something. So yep. yeah, able to know. Yeah, I think I benefited from the fact that like most people are single player mode on Savvy Cal right now and, you know, a lot fewer, um, just fewer customers in general. So things are simpler to deal with. And I figured even if there were questions like that, at most I'd be fielding, you know, um, a couple hundred questions instead of like, you know, a thousand questions or something. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. And I, I respect the simplicity of what you did there. I think that's, that yep. was legit. Smart. Yep. So yeah, it converted pretty well. I mean, this is not, I wouldn't expect this in going into the future as customer base grows, but like we were able to convert 20% of customers over to 20 percent nice yeah yeah bro i told you (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) you did you did and it's funny you know it's hilarious like legitimately i think four people emailed back and said glad to hear you're listening to ben's advice (laughs) oh (laughs) (laughs) that's great that was uh i was like yeah 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 (laughs) cool nice all right well i'll take my standard cut (laughs) yeah yeah let's see more metrics reporting um trials so i have about a month of trial data now and so far we're converting at like a 75 percent rate (laughs) that's absurd it's credit card on file um again absurd yeah this will probably go down over time as trial volume increases but very very pleased with that it almost makes me wonder when it's that high like this indicates that most people, a majority of people signing up for a trial intended to convert anyways. And so was a trial even necessary, but I don't know how to really like scientifically test this. Well, you know, like, yeah, that feels well, like a hard have a, thing before you didn't have a trial, right? Right. You just had to pay but to get, you had to pay right away to, in order to activate, like you could still sign up for free, but to activate a link, it was pay right away and now it's you can kick off a seven-day trial credit card and file so i mean just it's like so many things are changing all the time like the marketing's continue to evolve we're getting we're getting you know more opening up different traffic channels so it's like all these variables have changed and so even if i like took the trial away in january and tested it like a bunch of the a bunch of the variables have changed so i don't really know yeah tell whether it's yeah, I, 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 know, I wouldn't worry about it. Like, it feels like if it were like a month-long trial and you were like deferring revenue for a long time, like giving a lot of free service, that'd be one thing. But seven days, uh, it feels right. Giving people like a little a, a taste of it feels like the right thing to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess I would just feel happy. I'm in that like kind of honeymoon phase where most people signing up are like probably fans of yours uh, or like know they want it, uh, and just just yeah, do other things. Yeah. This is cool. One of our customers uh, is Mailbrew. Uh, one of the co-founders has been blogging quite a bit. And um, I think he's been having, he's been like continuing to get on the front page of Hacker News, which is good, you know, cool for him to, he's like unlocking kind of the strategy of like, 
writing things that tend to get lift over there, which more power to them. Hacker News is such a, a, a challenging community at times, I think. For, um, but he did, a, he did a post, a roundup of the SaaS tools that they use, and Savvy Cal was one of them. And that made it to the front page uh, yesterday. So yesterday was Sunday, uh, Sunday the 27th. And it was like um, sitting on the homepage for hours. And that drove, I think we're at like 60 free signups at this point, just from hey, that post. Nice. Yeah, which is When like, you say well, free signups, are those trials or something else? Uh, no, not trials, just registrations for the product. And I think so far, two of those have started a trial. So what is the, I guess I don't understand what the funnel looks like then. Well, you, you sign up for free to Savvy Cal. You create your account, basically authenticate your Google thing, and then you can play around with the product, but you don't have to start your trial right away. You start your trial as soon as you want to activate a link. So you can defer starting your trial. Yeah, it doesn't start automatically. Gotcha, um, okay. Yep. So you can you can look around and see you what's can, going. Like kick, yep. kick the tires. Yep. And then and you'll start to receive you start to receive lifecycle emails and you know all kind of nurture and nudge you to to start your trial and stuff. But um, and that's nice. Good to see. You know, nice exposure. Definitely lower converting traffic. But kind of I feel like a foreshadow of what product hunt might be like. You know. Um, mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, that's 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 the best. I mean, that was so thrilling for us. Like when we started seeing people talking about us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you make good software, people like to talk about it, which is mm-hmm. really nice. Yeah. That's still basically our marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. Right. Just uh, doing doing things that encourage word of mouth to occur. I mean, it's like it's always dangerous to say that word of mouth is a strategy in and of itself. But the things that you do to cause word of mouth spreading to happen, that's a strategy. You know. Um, mm-hmm. Which yeah. Yep, and yeah, I don't. I don't think this is like the optimal thing we should be doing for what it's mm-hmm. worth. Really? Well, I, I mean, it's an important. I think it's a good component, but to me, like, people talk about us, and like, our our inbound is good enough is not like a impressive or optimal marketing approach. This is one. This is one on my list of things to think about and potentially prioritize for next year. It's is, not like super like scalable and repeatable, right? It's like something that's kind of a bit outside of your. Um, control uh, to, I guess. yeah exactly that and then also to me it's like it's it's leaving stuff on the table where it's like well if we were also doing more uh, deliberate marketing on top of having a good product that's worth talking about um, we could be doing a lot better cool the word of mouth it's kick, it's starting yeah no so that's that's really good to see and um, uh, i was listening to out of beta and matt was saying something about you're you you're in the mastermind with those two yeah those guys yes Yep, and he was like referring to you as like an MRR monster or something. Like you're, you're <laughs> winning the MRR growth rate. <laughs> yeah, we have we now have a meme where we just sh- we post our numbers in there periodically and just share uh, gifs of T Rexes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're in a little friendly uh, gentleman's race to uh, to a million. You know, so okay, no I big see. deal. <laughs> a million ARR. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Cool business it's fun when yeah it works. you have to make it fun you know that's you to make important. it fun it's important to make it fun yeah got to it's been really useful to me uh, so i started doing a little bit of so like year year-end reflection and i was seeing like oh like back in january i think it was i went to big snow tiny conf and i was just kind of reminded of like man it's so much more fun to be working on this stuff when i have these like get together with other entrepreneur type things on my calendar and can talk about things that don't make sense to my normal friends and whatnot mm-hmm. yeah i can't wait to we've talked about those for a long time and i haven't really done like the tiny the mini conferences thing but i've been 
I've been wanting to do those for a while now. And now it's like, I've got this product that's growing and it's got traction. It's like a little bit further on. I can't wait to do those once, once we're able to again. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. I'm just excited to gather with like, like minded people again. I've been fan, like fantasizing about like going back to microconf. Just like, it's so fun to show up and see all the friends and talk about the catch up on everything and just talk shop incessantly. Yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah. Be around your fellow obsessives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's looking, it's looking promising. 2021, I'm full on optimistic, I have to say. I, I think it's going to be an awesome year. It feels like there's a spring that's been being compressed for like, you know, a year or so. And like, there's going to be these like, you know, this release and it's going to be awesome. Yeah, pace of progress is, is good on turning things around. And I think, um, yeah, we're all, there's a lot of pent up demand for people to to kind of, I think it's going to be a renewed um, appreciation for things that maybe we had lost appreciation for, you know, um, like like these gatherings, for example. And so, yep, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, OK. Anything else you want to talk about? Um, I think that's that's good for now. I've I've got more things, but uh, we we will record uh, later this week. <laughs> so <laughs> Yes. So we'll do our year end recap uh, yeah. later and it'll probably come out first week of January, I guess. Yep. Cool. All right. Notes of the show? Notes of the show can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. See ya.